0: Episode 49 of the Never Ending Glory Podcast. I am your host, Luke Grilly, and I hate fantasy football, Jerry. I hate it, I hate it, I hate fantasy football. I'm done. I'm done.
1: I can't imagine I'm why.
0: 0-6 this week. I went 0-6 in the semifinals this week, Jerry. Unbelievable. You know, when you are in six semifinals matchups, you figure you're at least gonna get one, right? At Math. least one! But no, I got lost six times in three games. Three games came down to Monday Night Football, and I tweeted out all the different ways that I lost to find out what was the worst way to lose. The first way I lost was Jordan Reed going Roy Jones Jr. on somebody and punching a Carolina player in the third quarter and getting kicked out of the game. I needed like three points from him. I got one and a half. Is this
1: smart to punch a guy
0: with a face mask on? It's stupid. It's stupid. It's cold, and you're just going to punch a guy? I mean, you already got a busted shoulder. Now you got a busted hand. You're going to have a busted hand, busted shoulder, busted head. Jordan Reed, you are dead to me. Never drafting you again. The second way I lost, that was unbelievable. Cam Newton hit exactly 300 yards, and this league is so stupid, and then it has bonus points, and I was up one, and then he got the 300th yard, and then I lost by four. He got five bonus points for that. And then finally... We're going to hear about this from old unit when he comes on later on, either to do his rant or to talk picks. Pierre Garçon had a 23-yard catch that clearly he caught in bounds, but Jay Gruden decided not to challenge it for whatever reason, and that would have been 3.3 points. I lost by three points, so I would have won by less than a point, and it's just it's it's maddening i'm upset i'm sick with myself i'm i'm mad i'm disappointed i'm frustrated i you know it's like that remember that song kim from the second Eminem cd yeah. where he's talking about killing his wife and he's like you know i hate you i hate you oh my god i love you and then he slits your throat that's how i feel about fantasy football right now that's how i feel jerry
1: you act like <sighs> you act like i don't go through this as a mediocre owner I do. Yes, but imagine being a good owner though in this happening.
0: In six (laughs) leagues! and at least like at least two of them. I I lost to the highest scoring team, and there's nothing I had, you know, my team had a good showing. It just wasn't enough. I get it. And then these three leagues, I lost, you know, by by less than three, four points. And I'd rather I'd rather get blown out or lose by like 15 points. Then, then this, the, the 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 loss where I'm staying up till midnight on a Monday night watching. My wife woke up and I'm just literally staring at the TV and she's like, "You have an absolute problem, I'm like, dear, you have no idea."
1: Well, she's mad. She's not getting that new purse. That's why.
0: Oh, exactly, exactly. Now instead she's gonna have to get one of those knockoff twenty-five dollar tablets. That you better sell go a down to
1: Chinatown and uh, figure uh, this thing out. It's disappointing. It's disappointing, but. <sighs> but you know we are still here to help you guys talk
0: about Week 16 and the championship, or if like me, you're in six third place games. Which you know, hopefully I still get a few bucks out of it, but not the the big payday I thought I was gonna get. But um, you know, it's only you know not going poorly for me, Jerry, but it's it's kind of going poorly for you. And, and just hold on one second.
1: Oh, I know who this is dedicated to. Our boy I think dedicated to your. Favorite quarterback, the big Montana. This one goes out to you, Brock. We're gonna miss you. Tom Savage stepping in. Oh, oh. oh. is it? Is it? It's so sad. That Seventeen million.
0: That, that so he he signed that contract, seventy-two million dollar contract in the offseason. He's been terrible all season. He gets benched for Tom Savage, and DeAndre Hopkins has been suffering. You know DeAndre Hopkins last year with Poo at quarterback caught over 100 balls was a top tier wide receiver got drafted in the first round by many players like I like me, so I didn't even make the playoffs in that league. Um, <laughs> and then Tom Savage comes in and he DeAndre has like eight catches. You know it's it's unbelievable how bad Brock Osweiler brought down that Houston offense. And oh my, my goodness, it's, it's it's pathetic. So so Brock Osweiler on the bench, Tom Savage starting week 16. I don't think this is the last that we see. I don't think they're pulling the plug on the Brock Osweiler experience altogether. I'm, I'm assuming Bill O'Brien's going to try to work his magic and try to right the ship in this offseason because they have way too much money sunk into Brock, too much guaranteed money. There's absolutely no way that uh, next season he's going to come in and... I, I don't see them bringing in a Tony Romo or like a Colin Kaepernick or anything like that. They'll be too expensive. They're going to have way too much much money tied up with a quarterback. So, uh, another big takeaway this week from the fantasy season. But also, uh, one more takeaway that we got to talk about, Jared, and, and a very um popular name on the Never Ending Glory podcast who mm-hmm. is currently. He gone!
1: Well, yeah, I'm, shocked th- I'm shocked that this happened because I figured that he was going <laughs> to slip through the cracks again another season. Uh, Gus
0: Bradley forced yeah. to ride the plane home after getting fired. Uh, well, I
1: still don't understand the, the point of doing that. Why don't you just wait? Let him you know sleep quietly in the front of the plane, and then when he lands, you could do it right at the bottom of the stairs.
0: I just don't get what the point of firing a coach is in week 16 or after week 15. I mean, he has two more weeks to coach. What, what's an interim going to come in and really show you? Yeah, it's not I like mean, Doug Marone's
1: going to get things done for you.
0: Right, right. And not only that, but, it, you know, it's you know, it, best-case scenario, you're going to win a few games, and that ends up not working out for you in the end because you're not making the playoffs, and you're going to get a worse draft pick. So I think it's stupid. I thought they should have stuck with him for the rest of the season. Why not fire him at the end of the year? I don't think anybody really expected him to stick around uh, after this season. So uh, Doug Marone, new interim coach for the Jaguars. Gus Bradley, he gone. In the words of Ken the Hawk Harrelson, that's, you know, one of our favorite calls here on the Never mm-hmm. Ending Glory podcast. Shout out to Nick Schillig and Matt Moner for initi- uh, initiating the usage of Hawk Harrelson's "He Gone" on the Never Ending Glory podcast baseball edition. Yeah. But we are going to get into week 16. Jerry, um, how is, so how are things going? You know, were you able to watch a bunch of football this weekend now that uh, Ben Bilal Powell is, <laughs> uh, Burris is getting a little bit, you know, he's now, what, three weeks old? So he can Almost like sleep through Almost three weeks, night, right? yeah. Can you sleep he, through the whole night yet?
1: No, no, okay. definitely not. We're talking three <laughs> hours at the absolute most. Um, nice. Today was my first day back at work, and you know things Ooh. were a little, little foggy. A lot of coughing yeah. was downed. I was taking my, looking at my picks for this weekend. Right. He he definitely enjoyed you know laying around watching a little football, uh, a little tummy time here and there. And then I'll tell nice. you one thing: you're going to be a, a father soon. One thing you got to look out for are uh, stinky belly buttons. Oh, oh my. God, when that <laughs> that umbilical cord, you know, finally falls off, that there's moments where you think you have a zombie baby. There's that much dead rotting flesh, but yikes, that's yeah. disgusting. Little Johnson like and Johnson cleans that right up, oh. and uh, and he's, he's fresh as f as uh, our buddy Shrek likes to say.
0: <laughs> so that's a perfect time to tell everybody our Twitter handle, right? Yeah, is that a good segue there? Okay, yeah. Find yeah us tw- on make sure, you t-
1: make sure you tweet us your uh, umbilical cord stories for sure. Oh.
0: find us on Twitter at glory podcast That is G L O R Y G L O R Y P O D C A S T on Facebook. Never ending glory podcast. You can also search for us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Like us, subscribe to us, tell all your friends Christmas season's coming up. So when you go, if you got like last second shopping at the mall, you pass by an Apple store, go to all the iPads, all the iPhones on display and just hit, click subscribe for never ending glory podcast. We would appreciate it. Um, Make sure that you check us out on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. The season's wearing down, but DynastyFootballWarehouse.com will be churning out fresh content 24-7, 365 throughout the year. So in the offseason, they are a great resource for you to check out. And of course, Buckeye Vodka is the only way to uh, keep Jerry sane throughout this time of need. And, and a great drink. I think you could probably mix it with some, some sort of peppermint, peppermint uh. Liqueur, uh, little for the little peppermint holidays.
1: martini, is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, sure. yeah,
0: yeah. there you go, there you go. Let's get right into our week 15 point pounders, and this week was the week of the running back, and I had none of these guys on my fantasy teams this week. <laughs> <sighs> uh, the first player that I was not high on this offseason, this draft season, I drafted Eddie Lacey over him, and egg in my face, Devontae Freeman, against the 49ers, match made in heaven. The Falcons were down Julio Jones, Devontae, 139 yards, three touchdowns rushing with two catches and 16 yards and a fumble lost. I mean, beautiful numbers from your RB1. That's about 30 fantasy points based on your scoring system. Great way to get into the finals, am I right?
1: Yeah, watching Freeman run, it looked like San Francisco had no interest in trying to stop anything that the Falcons were doing on Sunday. It was embarrassing.
0: Yeah, that team is a joke. It, uh, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. In the off season, I'm not too too sure what their plan is. Uh, Whether they stick with Chip Kelly, you know, if they stick with Colin Kaepernick, I'm not sure. But they got to work on that defense. And Navarro Bowman hopefully will come back healthy, which will help that run defense. But uh, in the end, that team is just um, utter wasteland right now. They're They're, they're, really
1: slow against the Falcons. Yeah,
0: and they they don't have any. They have no good skill players. It's really sad right now. So um, next player, Browns. Almost as bad. Literally almost as bad. We'll see who ends up getting the number one overall pick this offseason because right now um, the, the Browns and the Niners are kind of in their own little toilet bowl. And uh, I think if the Browns
1: lose – or if the Browns win a game – We can't win because then the, cause the 49ers aren't going to win. And that would right. give us the number one. Right, right. They should um, play each other in the postseason in the in a poo-poo platter bowl. <laughs> the winner gets the first pick.
0: That would be disgusting to play football Remember RG three versus Colin Kaepernick head to head. What a There would be there would be what What would you think the over under on the the pass completion percentage
1: be between both quarterbacks? About forty percent, right? I'd love to see forty percent. Who I'd love, I'd love to see the rushing yards. And like they should have a cap on how many rushing yards the quarterbacks can actually do because you force <laughs> them to stand in the ball, stand in there and throw like a seven on seven. See who can actually can complete a pass. Yeah, uh, next player
0: who was my point pounder of the week last week LaShawn Shady McCoy 153 yards two touchdowns rushing three catches 16 yards receiving I mean it, it was against the Browns did you yeah. really expect anything I, else
1: I thought he was gonna have more I really but, did yeah. <laughs> There was nothing they could do to stop him
0: yeah he was just uh, he was the offense for the bills on Sunday
1: yeah I don't know what Gillisley's stat line was but Shady should have had more
0: yeah yeah Ty Montgomery, who now is officially a running back, according to Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Packers. Mm-hmm. Did we, he change his number? Room. No, still eighty-eight, still eighty-eight. So I, think I hope he stays can, to
1: eighty-eight next season too. If they're going to keep this thing up.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that they they have to draft somebody as good as he went this past weekend. One sixty-two and two touchdowns rushing with two catches for I think believe I have a yard here, but I think that's wrong. Um, receiving, you know. I'm asking with Eddie Lacey being a free agent, is Montgomery the long term solution at running back? I just I think they're gonna draft somebody. There's too many talented running backs yeah. in this draft. And there's not a ton I mean, there are definitely some holes in the secondary in Green Bay. The line is okay. The defensive line is okay. They could probably use some help at linebacker. The wideouts are still pretty solid. I think they have to go running back in the first two rounds and I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like um, McCaffrey slipped to oh, them. Oh, you took
1: the name right out of my mouth. That was a juicy juicy pick if that if he could slip all the way down to them. Can You imagine him and Montgomery both yeah. in the backfield doing stuff and then you got a Eddie Lacy as your new John Coon. See, I uh, think
0: Eddie Lacy's gone. I think I think he got on. I think that he's going to get a deal with somebody like the Jaguars or something. They're just going to throw a bunch of money at <laughs> Actually, him. Actually,
1: he's a perfect candidate for a Jaguar <laughs> uh, uniform. You know, his, okay, so
0: his fantasy numbers did not look good this year before he got hurt, Eddie Lacy, that is. He went down with the ankle injury early on in the season. But his, his, act, his actual rushing numbers weren't terrible. I think he was averaging somewhere around like four and a half yards a carry. He didn't get in the end zone and he wasn't putting up crazy numbers, but he looked pretty solid. He looked strong. He looked fast ish for Eddie Lisi. The issue is quicker, not faster. Yes. And, and the issue is his conditioning and staying healthy. And obviously, a big reason why guys like that go down with ankle injuries is their their lower body cannot handle all the weight on top of you know you're trying to move side to side as fast as possible trying to run as fast as possible the ligaments in your lower body just cannot handle that type of stress so the obviously he needs to get his weight down and the worst thing that could happen to somebody like that is a lower body injury where they can't do any sort of cardio for months at a time so it's not the most ideal time for Eddie Lacey to be a a free agent but if he can somehow work his way into shape, and I know this is a big if because we've been saying this for the past three years, I think he would be a solid player on a running back needy team. He's he's shown that he can carry the load of a workhorse back. It'll be really interesting to see if Green Bay tries to keep him or if he chases the money because I don't think Green Bay is going to pay him a lot of money whatsoever.
1: Sounds like he needs some pool workouts
0: this offseason. I know mm. just the guy. Hey, I, I did swim for, for a a hot minute there, so I'll help him out. Um, we got to say the next guy because, again, our favorite player last week, you named your son after him, Bilal (laughs) Powell, crushed me on Saturday night. Uh, He caused me to drink at least eight double IPAs because Bryce Petty just checked down to him over and over and over again. His rushing numbers weren't great. 16 rushes for 84 yards. But He's receiving numbers. 11 catches 78 yards. I was in a PPR league and <laughs> 10, uh, 10 points per or 10 yards per point. So receiving alone he got 18.8 points, which was just I'm like, really this is what's going to happen to me on a Saturday. I was drowning myself in uh, double IPAs and lint chocolates because we have a bunch of those floating around right now. and it was just uh, it was painful. But you called it. you called Blah Powell having a big game last week.
1: hmm He's a man. He's a man. He's a perfect candidate for a team that sucks, especially this deep into the season. You know, point pound a little bit.
0: They got the Patriots on Saturday, Christmas Eve. So uh, the Patriots have been very stingy against the run this year. It'll be interesting to see if Bilal can duplicate or replicate that success he had last week. I'm not so high on him, but he's going to be highly involved as long as Matt Forte can't go. I was really nervous because last week Forte was actually active. But he only got a few rushes in, a few touches. He didn't play a lot of snaps. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets want to kind of see what they have with their younger guys, Robbie Anderson, Bryce Petty, if he's healthy enough to play. He got lit up by uh, uh, Sue and Cameron Wake. But uh, it's you know I'm hoping Bilal Powell continues to be successful for fantasy owners, not against the Patriots because I want the Patriots to win by at least 60 against the Jets. Uh, next two players, we've been waiting for this. The Drew Brees to Brandon Cooks connection hit twice. Cooks had seven catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Drew Brees, 389 passing yards, four touchdowns with a fumble lost. This is the magic we've been waiting for, and we're hoping fantasy owners that have Drew Brees, that have Brandon Cooks, are hoping that they can do this again against the Buccaneers in Week 16. And remember... The Saints really struggled against the Buccaneers two weeks ago, and which was shocking to us because we expected that to be a high-scoring affair. But it ends up that Cooks and uh, Breeze both got shut out of the end zone. Cooks had five catches, 61 yards. I, I expect it to be not seven catches for 186 and two. I'm thinking Cooks might be somewhere around you know six catches, 90 yards, maybe 100. Hopefully score a touchdown. I don't think he's going to have the same monster day. But Tampa Bay, they, they've been playing well, p- playing better on defense recently, but they're still not, you know, the shutdown defense like the Ravens or the or the, uh, the Seahawks. But I do think that they will find some room against Tampa Bay this week. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, do you, do you, are you kind of on the same boat? Because remember, like three four weeks ago, we were – Screaming from the top of the mountains that hey, if you have Mike Evans, if you have Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, you need to play them this week against Tampa Bay in Week 14 and Week 16. Is that still the case? Do we do you feel a little bit better about the Saints' offense against Tampa Bay this upcoming week?
1: I, I say he's still a must start any of those guys from the the um from the Saints. the 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 guy that's interesting to me, I think, from the Saints moving forward is Mark Ingram. Like. Did you see kind of the hubbub that happened on the sidelines? Uh, yeah, when he did not get the goal line rush, and mm-hmm. the story is allegedly that he had a hundred thousand uh, uh, dollar touchdown bonus built into his contract. And
0: right, was that really the case? Yeah, the- which that's what I have read. Uh, I don't know if it is still the case, uh, or I mean, here is my thing: I is is the the stipulation? Hey, you can't. You had to score the touchdown by week 15 because he still has two more games to play. Yeah, and I, that, maybe that's he was shocking he to me. Well, he probably knows something. he's going to get hurt because that's all he does is all he does is get hurt <laughs> So at the end of the season. So he's like, oh, I'm going to get hurt, so I, I might as well get the touchdown now I can. But, yeah, I mean, unless there's a stipulation, which I can't imagine there is, I, I thought that was kind of childish of him. Um, but, you know, the, these guys, they, they think along a different wavelength than we do. So uh, let's get into our next segment. Do you want to introduce it?
1: Well, I'd like to talk about a few of our uh, favorite guys that sucked. This guy sucks.
0: This guy <laughs> sucks. Nice. Aforementioned Jameis Winston and Mike Evans. What is going on in Tampa Bay? Winston, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, but three picks. And Mike Evans, only four catches for 59 yards. I mean – Dallas had one of the worst secondaries against the pass, and it didn't help that defensive Cowboys defensive end David Irving was in Jameis's hip pocket every time he went back to pass. This was really Irving's coming out game. Everybody's like, "Who is this guy?" He lit it up two weeks ago. He also played really well as well. So I'm sure that didn't help. But this was the second matchup in a row. We mentioned that the Tampa New Orleans game in Week 14 really didn't have a lot of offense. Now coming into week 16, you said you would definitely start Mike Evans, but would you definitely start Jameis Winston in week 16 against the Saints?
1: I think the Saints still give up enough yards that he's a startable guy. Um, against any other defense, you have to really strongly consider um, yeah, a, top, a top-tier defense, a defense. I think you'd struggle against it, but I think against the, the Saints, they give up yards. I mean, they, yeah. look what they did with Carson Palmer this past week.
0: Right. I think that maybe Carson, this is a perfect example that if you have Jameis Winston and Carson Palmer or maybe even a guy like Derek Carr who has really struggled since he hurt that finger or Matthew Stafford who's also struggled since he hurt that finger. If you have one of those guys and Jameis Winston then maybe you fade them and start Jameis Winston this week against the the Saints just because there are way too many question marks with these other quarterbacks this late in the season. Even like a guy like Phillip Rivers, who always seems to struggle after like week 10. Mm-hmm. He'll be top 5 weeks 1 through 8, then all of a sudden something happens. You trade for him or you pick him up, and then he just turns into a mediocre quarterback who's only going to get you like 12 to 15 fantasy points. If you have a guy like that, maybe you start Jameis Winston over them just because you have to play the matchup this late in the season. It's, you know, the, the the guy that you drafted in the third round isn't necessarily the guy that you're going to start in week 16 a lot of things change in the NFL. So I, I agree with you. I think that if you are starting, if you have Carson Palmer, Matthew Stafford, David Carr, uh, Phillip Rivers, and you have a player like Jameis Winston on your roster, I think you got to roll Jameis Winston and play the matchups. And speaking of a quarterback who you might have drafted in the third round, and I did and he killed me in our league, Jer. Aaron Rodgers, the numbers look great. 252 passing yards, yeah, no touchdowns, and he didn't look too – I mean, he didn't break off any runs because of that injured calf, and that's not why – I mean, that that wasn't the reason why he didn't score fantasy points. He didn't score fantasy points because his receiver, Devontae Adams, dropped two sure-thing touchdowns at 25-plus yards.
1: (laughs) What happened? You You seem upset about Aaron Rodgers' performance. What happened?
0: A perfect storm of shittiness happened to me this weekend because it, pretty much every guy that we're talking about that sucked, I had on my team. On, on, across six leagues, I had on my team. And it's just Devontae Adams has been so good at just catching the the, the freakish ball that's hard to get to, and and or the 69-70-yard touchdown. He's been so good at that. And it's a far cry from what we saw from Devonte in 2015. So we're like, okay, he's finally turning the page and t- ter- becoming a consistent, you know, wide receiver two in fantasy. And in week 15, he drops two 25-yard touchdowns wide open. It was ah, ah God, save you me. Okay, are you okay? I can't do this anymore? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Are you breaking up I'm with fantasy football? No, I can't quit it. You know that. I can't quit fantasy
1: Yeah, you're kind of like Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown really <laughs> took it to you this week. As much as it abuses
0: me, I'm going to keep on coming back. Yes. Yes. And another player that I had who was drafted first overall in many fantasy leagues was Antonio Brown. Three catches for 58 yards, including one beautiful touchdown that was called back due to penalty. It, uh, that, that touchdown alone. <laughs> That touchdown alone would have won me the league where I had Pierre Garcon who didn't have his, his uh catch reviewed. Um that, that would have won me the league. So Okay. Last Moving week's pickup of the week, Kenneth Farrow, who guess what? He was on my team. Fifteen rushes, thirty nine yards, two receptions, fourteen yards, one fumble lost. I don't think we can be too upset about Kenneth Farrow sucking. Because it's Kenneth Farrow, undrafted free agent out of Houston, the fourth option at running back this year for the Chargers. But he has the Browns this week. And if Melvin Gordon is is not is not playing, do you go back to the Kenneth Farrow well against
1: the Browns? What are you going to do here? Um, anything against the Browns should be fine uh, if you really want to put it out there. But, you know, Kenneth Farrow, if, you've, if you're playing Kenneth Farrow and you're still playing fantasy football right now, I have no idea who else you have on your team because he's not going to you <laughs> enough to win a championship. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at, at
0: one point today, uh, Yahoo had Kenneth Farrow uh, projected at 18 fantasy points, but they have now knocked that down to three. So I'm assuming they think that Melvin Gordon's playing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I wish I, I, I just went to Yahoo because I really wanted to see what they expected him to get against the Browns, and that's just absolute disrespect towards Cleveland. If they uh, if they think Kenneth Farrow is going to score almost 20 points against them, but uh, you know I, I don't know. You're right. If you if you're relying on Kenneth Farrow in the uh, fantasy playoffs, then you're in trouble. I guess maybe maybe let's look at it this way. If you're playing DraftKings right now or or oh, FanDuel. Sure, yeah. So, Kenneth Farrell will not be that expensive. Melvin Gordon's out. Do you spend like, you know, $4,000 on him and then that means that you're able to, you know, pick up a stud at two positions? Would you go that route or would you try to place somebody a little bit more expensive, maybe like a Jeremy Hill who's like going to be like about $6,000? Would you rather spend the extra two grand for Jeremy Hill
1: or the potential with two grand less for Farrell? If you go Farrell, it does free up a little bit more cash for uh, a higher end QB or. Uh, maybe two high-end wide receivers. There's some good matchups you could do online that week. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't trust him in in. If I was in a championship, I wouldn't trust him. But uh, no. I do not trust him in third place games either. Oh. And then two, two, t- two tight ends that really struggled as well. Tyler Eifert, one catch, nine yards. And then we mentioned Jordan Reed. Who had one catch for six yards before he got kicked out of the game for for punching somebody in a face mask? Which is just oh, was he in a, a boxing match or a uh,
1: NFL football game? NFL NFL
0: football game. And uh, and you know what I I see he was he was frustrated. Uh, I'll give him that because he there was a uh, Trey Boston who's a safety for Carolina had a really bad cheap shot on him at the end of a play and hit him right in that bad shoulder that his um, was had the grade three separation a few weeks ago and he was in a ton of pain. So I understand his frustration but you know the, the Redskins are they're struggling right now they need their playmaker to be on the field in order to make to have a shot at the playoffs and he blew it last night and he knew it right away um, I think it was it was a, it was too bad it's too bad for his fantasy owners and uh, for the Redskins fans themselves So you know those are some of the guys that struggled in week 15. I hope you weren't like me and you didn't have them in all your leagues. But week 16 is here, ladies and gentlemen. And even though we are not in the finals, we still want to make sure that you guys win your game, win your matchup. We're here for you. Make sure that you get. We are. We, we're we're people. People, you know. We're we're all about the masses. All about our fans in Serbia. All about all of our Twitter followers. You know, you're the ones we care about. We want you to get some money in that pocket. Don't worry about us but if you want to Venmo me some money, at LGrilly88. I was going to say, um, we
1: accept PayPal, Venmo, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So remember, make sure you set your
0: lineups, because most games are on Saturday due to Christmas Eve. There are two games on Sunday. That's Baltimore at Pittsburgh at 425, and Denver at Kansas City at 830. So keep that in mind. But the first group of players I want to talk about, are the Redskins receivers because they have three quality receivers and obviously Jordan Reed at tight end. Who I'm gonna we're gonna forget about Jordan Reed right now because I just think that he's an afterthought with that shoulder injury. But they have three receivers: Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson, and Jamison Crowder. Garcon of Mountain Union fame, he hasn't had less than four catches since Week Seven, and he's really only had one stinker in that time frame. Four four, four catches for four to three yards in Week Twelve. He's one of the players that we mentioned starting in the playoffs, that you should absolutely target on waivers because he's due for um, some big games in the playoffs because of a a pretty easy schedule. Deshaun Jackson has scored a touchdown and or gone over 100 yards in four of the last five games. So he had seven, uh, seven, I think it was eight catches for 111 yards last night and he's just been he's he's in a contract here he's playing well i think that cousins finally has realized how to get him the ball and it's been a match made in heaven recently and then jameson crowder who was an every week wide receiver too, up until the past three games and over those three games he's had eight catches for 103 yards and a touchdown so with those three Jer, how do you rank them next week or this upcoming week, week week 16, against uh, when they play the Bears. And the good news is weather looks good. So obviously, you know, Chicago, the weather always changes. Could be crappy one second and create the other. But right now the weather looks good. So the wide receivers will have value against a weak Chicago team. How do you rank these three?
1: I think you have to start with the proven guy in in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Vertical threat, you know, maybe – He only gets four catches, but his yardage is off the off the uh, charts from the other guys, and he scored a a touchdown or maybe even two. Um, Actually, kind of like the upside of Crowder, if you need a wide receiver three or or if you got a flex fourth guy, because he's got he's is he second in the league behind um, what's his name from Kansas City when it comes to special teams stuff. I mean, he's got the Tyree Kill. Thank you. He's got the potential to score a touchdown. is he a guy you're going to start a wide receiver too? No, but he's of the, these three guys. And Pierre Garcon, I just think he's kind of a feast and famine underneath Dink and Dunk guy. He hasn't shown the you know the stats to get eight catches, you know, in a stat line of you know eight catches, seventy nine yards, and, and a touchdown. He just hasn't done that all year. But with Jordan Reed out, it does make things a little bit more interesting for him. But I think that's my order: uh, Jackson Crowder and then um, Garcon. What's yours? I- I'd probably flip Garcon and Crowder. I like okay. Pierre
0: Garcon a little bit more just because the last few weeks, like like I said, he hasn't had less than four catches since week seven, which is pretty impressive. Um, you're right. He's not going to score a ton of touchdowns, but he gets yardage. He gets quality yardage. He's pushing for... I don't think he's going to hit it, a 1,000 yards this season. He's probably getting closer to 900 because he really came on in the second half of the season once Jordan Reed got banged up. So, And I also look at how the Bears played the Packers. The deep threat is you know jordy nelson struggled and he actually jordy nelson didn't struggle he played well but jordy nelson is very similar to deshaun jackson the idea that they're both going to be on the outside running deep balls deep patterns obviously deshaun jackson is much faster than jordy nelson so i'm not saying that they're similar players but they have a similar role in their respective offenses um and, and i'm comparing the the packers to the redskins because the packers just played the bears last week i think cobb is similar to Garcon. They run very similar routes. I think Cobb's a little bit more electric, but he's had trouble getting open, whereas Garcon hasn't. And then Crowder, I think, is kind of similar to Devontae Adams. I, again, not... He, th- this one is... is These two players are the least alike. I think that Cobb and Garcon and Deshaun and Jordy are very similar, whereas Crowder and Devontae Adams are are a little bit different, but they play similar roles within their offenses as well. So again, Devontae Adams and Crowder and um, Randall Cobb both struggle in Chicago. So that's why I think that Deshaun Jackson is just a little bit better of a matchup than the other two. But again, I think that Garcon is just he's able to get those tough catches in traffic, where Crowder is a much smaller guy, not as physical. So he really can't win the ball in traffic, but he can always break off that big play. So I think the safe routes, Garcon. And the boomer bust is, is definitely going to be um, Crowder at, your second, at the second wide receiver here in Washington. Another group of receivers that have some value this week, but they have a tough matchup in Seattle, the Cardinals. With Michael Floyd being cut, J.J. Nelson had five catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. He's currently only owned in 20% of Yahoo leagues. And then John Brown finally came back to life. He has some issues, lower body issues with uh the sickle cell trait. Five catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. And he's 47% Yahoo. So obviously they had a great matchup with the Saints. High scoring game. I think the final score is 48-41. Yeah, both but, in the 40s. But yeah, so so they are definitely have value, but remember now they're gonna play in Seattle, which is a tough matchup. Richard Sherman's gonna lock down one of those receivers. I don't think. Sherman will be on Larry Fitzgerald all that much because Fitzgerald plays out of the slot a lot. Um, so I don't see John Brown beating Richard Sherman if Sherman's lining up on him. And the and same, same thing goes with uh, J.J. Nelson. But the the second corners for Seattle are definitely very beatable. Um, I think Deshaun sheds the guy's name uh, who broke his arm in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. he, he, he can be beat. So, whoever's not lining up on Richard Sherman, that receiver has a good chance of of scoring points this week in fantasy.
1: And Chancellor's the problem a is, up, too, right? Is he, I don't yeah, know what he his is. status is. Did he practice full this week? I mean, I mean, is he going to be sure. practicing We'd full this care. week?
0: I'm not sure, but obviously Earl Thomas is out, so they're yeah. going to be missing him. But that front seven's starting to get healthy, and they can get after the quarterback. So, And we know Carson Palmer can't move, so... He's, you're probably going to see a lot of dump offs to David Johnson, which, mm. again, shocking. That guy is an animal. <coughs> um, so I, I think that it'll be tough to to judge which receiver for Arizona is going to going to score points for you. But if you're really if you have like a Brandon Marshall as your wide receiver too, who's really done absolutely nothing the past few weeks, then maybe you slot in JJ Nelson this week, or maybe you slot in. Um, uh, john brown this week and and you might see a little bit more success just because listen i think that the jets checked out i mean they they haven't done anything especially if they have bryce petty at quarterback again brandon marshall's not going to do anything he's going to be going against darius butler all week against the patriots um uh, i'm sorry malcolm butler all week uh, or on on saturday on christmas eve so uh if you if you can go go for one of these guys i highly suggest it speaking of the jets Robbie Anderson had another game, another good game, another touchdown with Bryce Petty throwing him the ball. 14 catches, 240 yards, and a touchdown over the past three games that Bryce Petty has played. 7% owned in Yahoo Leagues, which I'm surprised about because he's been a top waiver wire ad for the past few weeks, and I don't know why 93% of teams refuse to pick him up.
1: Because he's a jet and Bryce Petty's throwing to him?
0: Yeah, well, look at the numbers. 14 <laughs> catches, 240 in a touch over 3 it's games. True. I mean, those are solid wide receiver 3 numbers. And while I just mentioned that Brynn Marshall will struggle against the Patriots, I wouldn't be shocked if Robbie Anderson got past the defense once or twice. The Patriots do well against possession receivers, but they struggle with the fast receiver who has the, you know, the game-breaking speed. And that's what Robbie Anderson has. He's he's I don't want to say he's developed into a complete wide receiver yet cuz I haven't seen enough of him to say that. But I do think he is improving, and his chemistry with Bryce Petty is obviously there. So I I wouldn't mind Robbie Anderson on my team if I was still in the playoffs. Would you trust him?
1: Uh, no. If I'm in the finals and I'm relying on Robbie Anderson to give me the W, the championship, my team's not all that good. But sure, go ahead. If you want to pick him up late. But uh, you
0: got to understand. Jerry, see, this is – and, folks, this is where Jerry's inexperience in the finals comes into play. I don't I know won. I've never A been in the finals.
1: I don't even know what finals smells like.
0: I've won a championship with David Garrard as my quarterback.
1: Okay, yeah, but he was a he was he just, a quality fantasy football quarterback.
0: No, he wasn't. No, he it was wasn't. the first <laughs> year. He was the
1: only, <laughs> no. He sucked. Being I think my dude.
0: quarterback, my quarterback, blew his knee out. I think I had like John Kitten or something like that as my backup. It was. Oh,
1: would uh, love to have John Kitten back. back.
0: I would. I think it was like back in '05. It was a Garrard's first year after Leftwich got hurt.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, the good old. days. Oh, the good old
1: football. days. Um, Final receiver.
0: Final receiver. I want to talk about before we get into our point pounders. Cameron Meredith, receiver for the Bears, nine catches, 104 yards against Green Bay, and even with Alshon Jeffrey back from suspension, Meredith turned his second uh, wide receiver to second week in a row. He's a wide receiver too, which is surprising because uh, I really thought that Alshon was going to be a target hog. Once, um, once he came back, but Cameron Meredith still I think, he had like thirteen or fourteen targets, nine catches, one hundred four yards, mm-hmm. not bad. He's got no. Washington on the schedule, and you're gonna see a lot of Bashad Breland. Who every time I watch a Redskins game, the announcers is dogging on Bashad Breland for sucking.
1: Well, huh? watching last night on Monday Night Football, he definitely stood out as like one of the weaker links on for the Redskins, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and I actually in in doing my research for this podcast. I realized his name is Bashad, not Brushad. For the longest time, I thought it was Brushad Breeland. So that's it's, not spelled a it. it's it's,
1: B-A-S-H-A-U-D. It's Brushad? I thought it was no, – I'm confused. So
0: his name is Bashad Breeland. That doesn't so, make any
1: sense to kinda me. Kind of like – Bashad. <laughs> <laughs> I've never does, heard of that does, in my entire Bilal life. Does Bilal make any sense
0: to you? Ma-
1: Question. I've at least, I at least heard on. of Bilal before. You know, There's a rapper named Bilal, but I've never heard of Bashad. <laughs> Okay, Benjamin, Bilal, <laughs> Bashad, Bashad, Burris. Burris. boom. Alliteration <laughs> aside, I really like it.
0: So now it's time for the week 16 point pounders. These guys, we guarantee, the Never Ending Glory podcast, guarantee that these Sam guys Pooh will Primer. dominate and lead you to
1: a fantasy championship. Jerry, I'll let you start. Who do you got? Well, based off of his last-week performance against the Browns and going into this week against Miami's defense, uh, they're not stopping Shady McCoy. I'm riding Shady McCoy. Double touchdowns again this week. I'm projecting, and uh, he's going to take it home for you if you got him as your RB1 or RB2. Hopefully RB2, and then you got somebody else. But I think he's somebody you can rely on, and um, he's going he's gonna to get you that championship if you're uh, so fortunate enough to be playing right now.
0: I like that pick. I obviously picked... Shady McCoy last week and it worked out for me. Had him in all my DraftKings and FanDuel lineups, and I won f- at least I won a few bucks doing that. That was the only good thing about last week. There's a feather um, this, in your cap. This week. <laughs> this week, Jerry, I'm doing it. I'm going back doing what? To, I'm going back to what I was preaching the first few weeks of the season. I don't care what Nick and Akron says. I'm going Todd. Gurley, the second against oh my God. San Francisco. He is going to turn it around. It's only going to take him 16 weeks. He will get his first 100-yard rushing game of the season. I'm starting him over Lamar Miller this week in a third-place game. I'm starting him over Thomas Rawls in a third-place game. I like – I no, nay, I love Todd Gurley to get 130 rushing yards. Oof. A touchdown, and three catches for 35 yards. That you is s- my promise to you, Never Ending Glory podcast listeners.
1: You sound like a lady in a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean wearing her <laughs> most beautiful piece of jewelry. You say, I won't take it off. It will never drown me. It's going to suck you down to the bottom of the ocean.
0: That's fine. I'm already down there right now with how my week went last week. So I'm, I'm, I might be delusional. I might be beaten down by my fantasy football season, but at least I'm sticking to my my laurels. I'm I'm riding with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley will be an RB one this week when it mattered the most. It might be too late for me in my fantasy teams, but I don't care. He's going to get me a third place finish, not the first place finish I wanted, but third place in about three leagues. <sighs> yuck, Todd Gurley. God, you better get better next year. Um, That's let's go I'm right into the listener questions. Yuck. Remember, you can if you check us out on Facebook or Twitter or send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com, send us your questions, and we will get you a beautiful, comfortable Never Ending Glory podcast shirt sponsored by the one and only Buckeye Vodka. Remember, drink local. Find them at your local Giant Eagle or wherever fine spirits are sold in Northeast Ohio. If you're at a bar and they don't have Buckeye demand Vodka, it. demand it, and then go somewhere else if they don't have it. Listener questions. Dave in New York City said, please pick one quarterback. Philip Rivers at Cleveland, Russ Wilson versus Arizona, or Derek Carver's Indianapolis. What say you, Jerry Burris?
1: Uh, Philip Rivers in Cleveland. Done. Over. Next question. Let's go. <laughs> it's I'm going to go Russ Wilson. We can't. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. we can't defend anybody. No one. No I one. I know. I know. I just, uh, I don't trust Philip Rivers right now.
0: I I understand that they're playing Cleveland. You play the matchups, but I'm going to go Russ Wilson versus Arizona. Either uh, you know they're playing at home. I think he'll be able to get in the end zone twice. I cannot guarantee that Phillip Rivers will get in the end zone twice, even against Cleveland. I just I simply can't. So, I think Russ Wilson will. So I'm going to go with Russ Wilson. Um, again, I don't think either of us trust Derek Carr, even though he has a great matchup versus Indy. That finger, he looked off the past two weeks and I wouldn't be surprised if he's off again this week at Indy, unfortunately.
1: Uh, David, next it's question your funeral. from David It's your funeral.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. This is actually from Steven San Diego. PPR pick one, Michael Thomas versus Tampa Bay or Alshon Jeffrey versus Washington. And Michael Thomas scored a touchdown again, but so did Alshon Jeffrey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm going to go Alshon Jeffrey here just because at this point, you take into wide receiver one, you take the lead dog on the team and Even though it's Matt Barkley throwing in the ball, I like Alshon Jeffrey to score another touchdown against Washington. Jerry, who do you got?
1: That's my choice between the two. I I think he is a better matchup against Washington. Um, I mean, Josh Norman will be covering him, but I don't think Josh Norman has a lot of interest right now uh, going against against anybody of substance. So I actually like the the matchup, so I'm going to go with Josh. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. Okay.
0: Next question. Last question. Mike in Londonderry. He said I'm out of the playoffs. I feel your pain, buddy. Off top of your head, give me your top five PPR picks for 2016. So I'll go first on this one. I think that, you know, last year we saw the except for my draft where David Johnson went one, which ended up being a great pick. Um, you saw wide receivers. That was a trend last year. Pick a wide receiver first and second, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. This year has been the year of the running backs. They've made a resurgence. I think that you go back to the old school mentality of David Johnson first, Le'Veon Bell two, Zeke Elliott three, and then after those three, you know they're the top tier, the top running back, RB one echelon. After that, I think you have to look at wide receiver. Then I go Antonio Brown, and I you know I, I want to take Julio Jones, but we've seen it every year, or you're stressed out because he's always on the injury report. I'm going to take Odell Beckham over Julio Jones this year or
1: next year. I don't think that's a bad choice. Uh, uh, Something similar. I actually think that Zeke might get ranked above um, Le'Veon Bell for next year. Okay. Okay. Not, I think when all the the books come out next year, you might see a couple guys actually flip those two, but basically the same list there. I mean, Antonio Brown's probably your top wide receiver, and I actually like Beckham next year over uh, Julio Jones, but Jones is my third receiver. Um, so, you know, kind of work that out into a top five.
0: Mm, okay. So that is our episode, our championship week episode. We want to end it with uh, you know the, the the few poor souls like myself who are looking forward to twenty seventeen. That's just a little taste of what you can get ready for this off season. You know there are no, y- you can sleep when you're dead. You know, there, there, is no there, <laughs> there is no off season. There there is no off season fantasy football. We will be here to make sure that you're not only winning this year but also next year. So uh, be sure to keep an eye on those podcasts. We actually teased a little bit of our of our rookie discussion a few weeks ago with old unit Sean as he went over some of the players to watch in the bowl games coming up and uh, come February we'll have a lot more of that talk but uh, this was episode 49 of the Never Ending Glory podcast you can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast on Facebook iTunes and SoundCloud NeverEnding Glory podcast subscribe like tell your friends like I said when you go home hit up that family computer, subscribe to the Neverending Glory podcast, go to your mom's iPad, subscribe on the Neverending Glory podcast.
1: Your mom loves Never Ending Glory podcast. Your mom, it. pod. your mom does.
0: <laughs> Good one. Good
1: one. Okay,
0: never mind. <laughs> um, and like I said, be sure to check us out on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Check them out all throughout the postseason. So that's it for now. Jerry, do you have any words of wisdom before we get going here?
1: Don't do what Luke does. No, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, just don't do what Luke does. Hopefully hopefully you're you're doing better knowing six. So God bless you. Go, let's let's move on to the championship round here for season, for uh, our, our faithful listeners. That's, that was a that was
0: a nice way to end that one. Okay, great. Well we're out of here. Good luck everybody in your final either your finals or your uh, third place game. And I'll let you guys know how my, all six of my third place games go next week, alright? So good luck, Godspeed, and we'll talk to you next week. Later.